Hello and welcome to a new episode of Injury Time with me, Sandeep and Brad. As always, uh, usually we always start the season with sort of a preview between the two of us, and we are continuing the same uh, this time as well. Brad, thank you so much for doing this so bright and early in the morning. We are recording this. Ah, oh, it's perfect. It's the best time of the mornings. Yes, uh, get your work done early. They say, right? So uh, let's jump right into this uh, preview. I'm just going to. We are trying to do this quite quickly because we don't want it to be too long. So let's start with uh, Mohan Bagan, who, like we said the last, uh, some time ago, probably the best uh, club now in terms of success, in terms of money, in terms of all those things, but looking rather out of sorts coming into the season. Yeah, I think it's, you look at the uh, performance, I would, I would say the performance has been half decent in the AFC competition as well as in the Durant Cup. And what I mean by that is, you know, they keep the ball well, they try and play the way Juan Fernando seems typically playing he wants him to play but I think the criticism which everyone's at is look all that passing it's sideways it's backwards and there's very little in the final third and you're relying on individual brilliance but I think that's where you know I would say that they have the trump cards because they have individual brilliance in that squad you've got the likes of Hugo Bumus you've got the likes of Ashik now you've got uh, Demi Petratos who I think is going to be crucial to them and I think Yoni Kauka is brilliant. Wherever you play him, he's brilliant. And the trick I think that the coach is going to have is how do you find that balance? Uh, which players do you play to get that balance to give you an attack and make sure that you still keep that style of play and, and dominance of the ball? And I think the other huge factor, which a lot of people underestimate, and this is going to come into um, the forte this year because of the fans are back, is... Look, you can get away with playing badly, keeping the ball and not scoring. You keep the ball, possession, possession, and you're at Salt Lake, that's So how the coach and the players deal with that, I think that's going to And I think then they can go all the way. You've mentioned uh, Salt Lake. Another team that is going to be playing there is East Bengal. Uh, they have probably done better considering how they used to do in the previous seasons. So, how do you look at their team? They've got Constantine coming in who knows the Indian market and the Indian players really well, the Indian mentality, even the clubs for that matter. Uh, Sign Clayton Silva also, um, I think, and Ivan as well, VP Suhair. So, how do you look at that team? Not uh, looks better than the previous iterations of the teams. I mean, we've said it, I think you and I have said this before, I mean, others have probably disagreed with us, but I think, look, Constantine knows what he's doing. He, he's a very, very astute coach. Um, we've seen that with India, we've seen that with any of the teams that he's had in, in the past, wherever he's been, that, you know, he's pragmatic. He doesn't come in with, like, too much of, like, philosophy of how he's going to play and give it, like, like some of the coaches from the Iberian Peninsula come up with. And... He knows what the strengths of the players are because he knows Indian football very well. He knows which players will perform for him and given that he's typically worked with limited resources, whether it's early on in his career, whether it's Nepal, Malawi, India, wherever he's been, he knows how to get the best with little resources. And let's uh, see Bengal, I'd say little resources in terms of Indian players because a lot of the top talent's been locked in at other clubs. But he's got players like the ones you mentioned that can do a job for them. And to then add players with ISL experience, Ivan Gonzalez, Clayton Silva, Lima, those are players who are going to help 
just give him that stability and, and the way he needs to play. Um, I think they'll be very difficult to beat, which a lot of his teams always are. Uh, so maybe they'll grind out one nils, grind out results. Um, but you got you got goal scorers in that squad, both Indian and um, foreign goal scorers. And I think in the ISL, if you can keep it tight to the back and you can nick a goal here or there, you've seen the likes of Jamshedpur, you've seen other teams in the past that you can go all the way, whether it's Habas's teams or that. It doesn't have to be one way of playing. The alternative way of doing it is actually quite effective in the ISL. So I think there'll be dark horses, and I almost say because it's top six this year, not top four. I'd um, I'd actually put my uh, money on them making top six. I mean, this top six things I'm not a fan. I have to say, uh, I get why they did it, but I'm not a fan because it's 50, more than fifty percent people in the knockouts. It's ridiculous. From, from a punditry point of view and all this kind of view, it's great because then you can easily make predictions. You can say, yeah, there'll be top six. So, you know, the chance of being right. And in the last couple of years, less pressure on somebody to go back to this video and say, you said this. In the last couple of years, I think we've normally got three out of four, right? Yeah, um, because there's so always one outlier. Yeah. yeah, there's an outlier like FC Go and not making it or not making it. So I think with top six, it's easy to just say, just chuck a few names more often that you'll be right. Yeah. So now, now since you mentioned FC Go, I will go there. Uh, they've got a new coach. An old uh, player who's come back as a new coach, a fresh coach. Uh, they signed Vasquez, uh, Sadawi, uh, Valiente, Arnaud. They've gone a little away from the usual signing pattern that they usually go with. Uh, how do you look at that team and that future? Uh, because again, I'm not sure how strong their Indian contingent is. Well, I've, had the, I've been fortunate enough to watch them play a couple of times. I saw them mm. play against Shaitpur. I saw them play recently against... Um, tempo and you know mixed bag i'd say i think um, it's still a work in progress i think the way they're trying to evolve as a team but you've got you know you've got proven players i mean even though it's not a typical fc go i think to sign a player who's with another club like you know or somebody else will take them off of them but I think Vasquez is someone they've tracked for a while. He's their philosophy, style of play, and I think he's he could be crucial to them. Uh, but some of their foreign signings look very impressive. And you know, I think when you've got the likes of Brandon, you've got Anwar Ali, you've got um, Seraton, you've got a pretty decent core landmarks of Indian players as well. Uh, Devendra has come, come along nicely. So I think they've got a pretty strong core and they've been together for a while. Um, Goalkeeping, as usual, big question mark um, in that team, and it always is. So I think it's crucial about how they play defensively, whether they can. I think there's definitely um, they'll they'll be difficult team to play against because they have an attack, especially the new signings. I think they're very exciting, but the concern would be, you know, at the back, can they be can they be tight? So, and they always honoured one young Indian player coming through the ranks. So I think they've got some good youngsters coming through as well. Um, who, who could yeah, I mean, they, they have to, they will be under pressure, right? Ravi made no qualms about it. They, he said we are, there is pressure to deliver because of uh, how the last season went. Yeah, I think sometimes in football you need pressure. If you have that pressure, you're more likely to perform um, as opposed to, you know, complacency can set in. But... Yeah, I think last year no one expected a top nine. They had all the problems, obviously, with 
coach leaving after the start and that unsettlement. So I think they've learned from that. You've heard they're looking for bigger personalities and having a coach who knows the club inside out, that certainly should help. Um, so I think they'll be, they'll be forced to reckon with the only thing I would say that's going to could hinder them is because of this Women's World Cup going on in Goa, they don't have their first matches at home. So it's crucial that um, if they can pick up points on the road in the beginning, then by the time they start coming home, it should be, you know, you've got a long stretch of home games. And so that's, it could work to their advantage, it could work the other way. So that's the only sort of, you would say, a little asterisk that you'd put against them. Yes, absolutely. And talking about another team uh, under pressure, Bengaluru FC, uh, they seem to have spent uh, good money, made some big statement signings. I think one of the signings that people are not talking about is Prabir Das and how good he could potentially be. Um, new coach as well, going back to the roots of uh, English coach. So, uh, how do you look at the whole thing? And, and well, Duran Exactly. That's what I was about to say. I said, I don't think there's that much pressure now because you've already got a trophy in the cabinet. Hmm. Um, if you look at it last year as well, I mean, FC Goa, people say it wasn't a good season. They won the Durant Cup, so it's not all doom and gloom. So, but is that a sign? The team that wins the Durant Cup has a disaster season in the ISL. Um, you know, sometimes it can happen. When, when you win, a, it happened to us at BFC when we won the um, Fed Cup before the I League started and then we didn't win the league that year. Uh, and we actually had a poor start to it. So there can be a little bit of a celebration hangover at times um, when you've done that with players, a uh, little bit of complacency. But I think where it helps them is when you've got this shift in style, you've gone from, you know, well, Roka played a certain way, then Carlos had a different way, and then um, Marco certainly was different. And now you've got um, Grayson coming in with his style. At least they've had time to gel. I think Marco didn't have that. Um, it was straight, straight thrown into the ISL and it was like, all right, this is how it's going to be. And I think he needed more time. Now they've got a system, they've got a style, and I think he's recruited players to suit his way of playing. So having the Roy Krishnas in there, having your... Prabir Das in there, I think. If you look at net, um, what they've gained versus what they've lost, I think you'd have to say it's a positive. Um, like Clayton Silva for um, Roy Krishna, probably on par. If you look at the digit, uh, you know, look at the stats. I think Roy Krishna will probably deliver a little bit more, um, and he's better suited, I think, for the coach's style of play than Clayton would have been. I think Prabir is an upgrade on. Sata, if you're talking about from a right-back perspective, definitely more experienced, more versatile. You can play on either right or left-back. You can play better further crosses. Forward. Yeah, better crosses. Um, Hira Mondal is an upgrade on Ajit Kumar in terms of he's a genuine left-back. Um, equally inexperienced, but, you know, he'll, he's on the up curve, you could say. Hmm. Um, Sandesh Jingen for, you know, the flaws or whatever is still a massive upgrade on Pratik Chaudhary. Yeah. And... Um, so that's uh, a no-brainer. Uh, Alexander Jovanovic, I think, is better than Basafa in terms of what he offers them, especially position-wise. And I think he's a better defender than Musafa King. So definite upgrades. I think the only one you could say was a loss would probably be Ashik. They, mm. It's you know, tough to replace a player like Ashik. But given the way Ashik was used at BFC as a left-back and out of position, if it means now somebody like Shivasakti is going to play a few more minutes, I think Shivak probably, Shivak will probably get better 
returns in terms of goals and assists than Ashik delivered. So at the end of the day, it's, it's about you know goals and, and assists and all that kind of stuff. Nobody's going to look back at Ashik's work rate or BFC and whatever he did. You're going to look at those. So I think that's that's where I think if you look at the ins and outs of that squad, I think you'd have to say they're still in the positive. Yeah. <clears throat> now let's talk about uh, Kerala Blasters. They have retained the coach. Thank God. Uh, I mean, there was no way they could let go of the coach. Uh, Luna is also there. He had some personal tragedies, but he's come back. Um, they've lost the two attackers that made them so threatening last season. So how do you look at the, that team this year, especially with the fans back in the stands? I think along with BFC, probably Kerala Blasters and the, um, you know, the West Bengal clubs are the ones who lost the most in terms of fans. You know, it's a good question. Did they lose or did they gain? I mean, obviously, pure numbers, not having fans is a problem and all that. But that pressure, what, see what I mean by that, it's a pressure. Kerala Blasters, when you're playing at home, if you have a poor start, game's not going your way, that can, fans can, some, it, it works two ways. It can be to your advantage when you're playing well, but when you're not, it's, it's detrimental. So not having that pressure, and it's only sort of social media where, when you're in a bubble that you have to deal with it. Um, you know, they're, they're arguably one of their best seasons, uh, Kerala Blasters last year. Now, expectations even higher now. So when you go into the pack stadium on the first day on Friday, the expectation is you're just going to go there and on paper, they would say that they should beat East Bengal. But, you know, it's not going to be as straightforward as that. Um, I think, look, it's great that they retained the coach. He, he was brilliant and it's about time that we start seeing in Kerala Blasters continuity with coaching staff. Um, it's been a long time since they've had that. Um, I think the other one that is a really mm -hmm. crucial retention, and you, know, you, you talk about the loss of Ford, but I think having Leskovic there is key. Um, he was massive in, in terms of keeping that solidity at the back and the relationship he was starting to develop with um, Palm and the other, and with Cabra and, uh, at the back. I think you know they're pretty, pretty solid at the, at the back. And that's the platform that you need to build from. Good goalkeeper, good back four. And then... I'll actually agree with the sort of Kerala management and some of the coaching staff because you know, I've heard chatter about like I mean, Vasquez wasn't that big a loss because you look at the numbers, he didn't really score that many goals for the price tag, for the nine that he was and all the hype about it, you know, someone saying he's going to be the best signing in the league. Look, if you had goalkeepers who know how to do their job, he wouldn't have even got those goals that he did. I mean, Matt, keep going on about that goal from the halfway line. It was like any half-decent goalkeeper would have saved that. So you don't get the highlights thing. So there's a lot of spectacular goals that were scored. No doubt. I mean, that volley was stunning, etc. But in pure numbers... High, high low XG goals. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's low XG goals. So those are not going to happen the next season. Mm. As I said, it needs, it needs a keeper fumble. So is, is he getting in the right areas and doing that for them, for their style of play? Probably not. I think Pereira Diaz would be a bigger loss for them. Because we saw it in the games when he was, wasn't playing last year, where it had a massive effect on um, the way they played. But if you're going to lose, I think it's better to lose both. Because they had an understanding, they played a certain way. If you had one and not the other, then you're trying to look for someone who's like-for-like -like replacement. Now you can go different kinds of strikers, and maybe someone suited more to the way the coach wants to play. or Because there's no guarantee that he wants to play the same way this year as he did last year. So I think it's... It remains to be seen, obviously, pressure on the others, but you've got Luna there with his quality to assist, his quality to score. Any forward's going to enjoy playing with, with a player like that, um, playing in the pocket. So. 
Absolutely. Now you spoke about uh, Peradiyas. Let's talk about Mumbai City. Uh, they seem to have gone around and figured out the best players from different different teams and signed them. Rex Rex Stewart's there, Nogueira is there, Diaz is there, Chante is now. I mean, he was there for the Champions League as well, but he's there. Raulin looks like he's on his way back from injury. So uh, yeah. how does they look like the best squad? Although I know BFC beat them uh, in the Durant Cup final, but they do look like they have the best squad. Uh, for the whole run of the season. Yeah, I think if you look overall squad strength and depth in terms of foreign players, I think it's brilliant. Um, you've got guys like Matada Fall and uh, you've got Jahu and what they bring to that is, I think they've got the highest average um, experience of foreign players if you look at experience in the ISL. Um, you've got guys who've been around here for four, four plus years now. And exception of probably Edu Badia, there aren't that many who've been around in the league for that long. So that's what those two bring to the table. And obviously you've got guys who are newer to the league, the likes of Diaz and um, Greg Stewart, but what they do is they bring you know, quality. Now, can they maintain that level of quality that they brought last season? Obviously in completely different styles of play, different um, teams remains to be seen. But I think Des is a very, very smart coach, he knows what he's doing, he had last season to sort of look at the league and realise, okay, um, I've got to be a bit different, I can't just be the same as we were the previous season and expect to get results. So I think they've gone out and been smart in the foreign signings to think about who's going to adjust well to the demands of what they've got. And I, I like the way he uses his Indian players, I think the way he's brought on um, Lachenpa is doing well for them, and I think Braulbeck is going to be crucial once again. Uh, Bikram Pratap's come a long way since Des Buckman's come in and Gurkir is getting little opportunities as well. So those players that he's bringing into the system, the Indian players, are also going to have an impact. And Roland coming back from injury is almost like a new signing. Uh, that's That for me was one of the players that they missed the most last season. Um, the, the trick again for them is whenever you recruit well and you've got such a squad, it's finding that balance. Um, with the foreigners, I think where you're going to play Greg Stewart and Nogueira, as well as Jahu, because you're probably expecting Fal has to play or, or Royston Griffiths, one of the two foreigners, is going to play and Diaz is going to play. So that balance, I think, is, is, is going to be the trick. And again, because Pereira Diaz isn't necessarily prolific in that, so can Greg Stewart deliver the same number of goals? If not, Will Chante and Bipin contribute together at least double digits and goals and assists? So I think you'd ex you'd want Bipin and Chante and Vikram Pratap or whoever's playing in those positions. They've got to give you the same kind of output combined, like three or four Indian lads giving you what Greg Stewart gave Jamshedpur last year, because Greg Stewart's going to be a marked man. It's not going to be last year. There was no, you know, no one knew much about him. No one expect uh, done enough homework, I guess. And he picked up positions and hurt people. This year, I think it won't be as easy for him. Yeah. And I also am very looking forward to the goalkeeping situation they have over there. Because I still don't think... I think for him, Purba is the number one. Uh, although Nawaz is on big money, but he's bought in the goalkeeper from Rajasthan. It seems like there might be a fight over there for that position, which I'm really looking forward to. I still don't think their wingbacks are as good as they could be, because they were hurt a lot playing on the right, on the wings last year. So, let's see if they can uh, figure that out. And in 
I want to ask about Chennai. Again, another recent, uh, they have uh, Bradarich, I, I hope I'm not butchering his name. He is a new coach. Uh, they managed to retain Thapa, which I think is great. So how do you look at them? Again, not the most uh, uh, easy team to predict, you know, because of the way they go with the foreign signings and the Indian players and stuff. Yeah, I think they, every year, they just sort of roll the dice and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. And um, it, it appears that there's no sort of logic to some of the signings or what you have got normal footballing logic. And the foreign players, I mean, it remains to be seen, obviously, if the coach has had a lot of impact with him, he's brought one player that he worked with before. So definitely foreign players, I wouldn't have too many doubts about it because even, I think over the past, they've had decent foreign players even last year. They just, I thought Dan Janovic was a great, um, one of the best centre-backs in the league last year. Just, you know, the rest of it didn't click. And they still had um, good foreign players last year, even some of the, the previous season as well. There were players which other clubs probably would sign. Um, I think the Rafa Graviaro saga has ended finally, which is good. Because I think that uncertainty, will he play, will he not play, is he injured, and will he contribute defensively to the team, all that. And coming in as a new coach, you want your players who play your style. So I think that's um, a plus. I think the Indian player recruitment of new players is a bit, you know, it looks a bit, I don't know, it just, just doesn't it doesn't seem right. There seem to be a lot of players coming from this particular region and certain players with a former pile and arrow sort of history. So it's hard to question whether, you know, what's, what's the logic behind some of those signings. Um, goalkeeping department you've lost Vishal Cape you know, you're putting all your eggs into the, the basket of having goalkeepers who you wouldn't necessarily classify as number ones so you've got a few number two goalkeepers in in the squad so that's where I'd have a little bit of concern and at the back but the recent result they beat uh, Odisha in a friendly 5-1 mm. so obviously got decent um, attacking qualities in the likes of uh, Kwame, um, Kwame Kaikari and, and the others that they brought into the squad. So I think playing at home with a few more local lads as well, I think they picked up, um, that's, that could help them. Um, yeah, Romario, I think. So all of that, that, sh that should be a positive if they can gel together. And you know, I'm looking forward to seeing whether Joby Justin will get any minutes. Um, and They'll be tough to play against um, at home. I think the way the coaches, you know, he knows his stuff. It's as long as you don't try and make too many sort of dramatic changes. You're not going to the ISL. It's a short, still a short season. It's very difficult to completely change the way a team's going to play. But I think there were signs of it in the in the Durand Cup that at least he's, he he knows what he needs in his team. But I would expect them in the January window to be one of those teams that's dipping into the market to try and strengthen. So I I want to talk about Hyderabad FC now. I can't believe they have gone so far below the radar, and I apologize for that. <laughs> they had a great season last year, but lost uh, Ashish Rai. Obviously, they're a team that's going to always lose players, just as the way the league is. But have managed to keep the core. They've lost some foreigners also. Yunan is gone, Edu's gone, but they've got uh, Odeona India back. So how do you look at them? Manolo is also there, which he's the key after all. I think that last thing that you mentioned is what is key. I think the fact that you've got Manolo means you're in safe hands. Um, I saw a little bit of them when they were here in um, Goa. 
I think they've had a pretty decent preseason. They've you know, slowly started to bring the newer players into it. But they've got a strong base. I mean, if you've got Sana and um, Ode who's played together, and so Ode, I think, is probably with, with one arm the age at the moment, and you, you'd have to say that's probably a little bit of an upgrade um, at the moment. Ja Victor's returning was crucial because he's versatile, can play in any position. You've got Bart returning, and you know, I think um, the signings that they've got are definitely going to help them cause problems. And I think Severio's back too, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So there's not really too many changes. I mean, yeah, Ashishra is definitely going to be a loss because of the way he played and, and the system. But I think Regan is one of those who's been under the radar for a lot of clubs and just doesn't necessarily, maybe because it was Chennai, maybe because the way they were playing, didn't get the limelight that he was getting. But he's going to be um, crucial. And you know, they haven't lost much apart from the, the previous uh, Ashish Ryan, the previous season, they lost Liston and they still performed well. So he knows how to get what he wants out of his players, and I think he and he knows the league very well. So 100% they will be contenders um, and up there. I mean, they will be one of the teams that will be the tough teams to beat. Again, question mark is playing in Hyderabad. Um, at the moment, I think the ground's not ready, so they'd have to play in Pune the first game. Yeah. That, is a bit disruptive because you know it obviously means I haven't trained on their own home ground or got used to it. So the first few matches on at um, at the ground in Gachiboli is going to be almost like an away match for them as well. So that's the only thing. And the last time they played there, they had a terrible season um, under Phil Brown at Gachiboli. So hopefully things have improved in terms of the facility, the surface, etc. And um, that's the only thing you can see where you, you could be a little banana peel for them. Let's talk about uh, Jamshedpur. Again, someone who uh, my fault again put them quite at the bottom. But I don't think they are the same team that they were last year. Uh, they've lost the coach who was a glue. They've lost Greg Stewart who was a superstar. They have retained some players, you know, all that. Uh, the new coach. I don't know anything about uh, uh, Andy Boothroyd. I hope that's how you pronounce his name. So, what do you make of that team? And... Uh, the travel that was there yesterday, Eric Patalu said that, you know, this happened and Naveen had tweeted back saying, how difficult is it when you get there one day before? So, uh, it is a question that we all have. How difficult is it if you reach there one day before uh, in terms of travel? It, it is because it's not a straightforward travel. I mean, it's you fly to Ranchi and then you got to take a, a get off, get on a, you know, a bus or whatever transport that you're taking. Um, and it's roughly drive through the connectivity and the flight times depending on where you're from. I remember when we were in Pune and we played Jamshedpur. I think we landed at night and had to drive through the night and got there. So it's quite disruptive in terms of... How long is the drive? I think it's about four to six hours depending on what time of the day um, and there's security. It's, it's, it's not a pleasant um, travel. It's something that, you know, if you... If you're on three yellow cards in one more and you're missing suspension, you're probably thinking, okay, that's the game I want to miss. Um, <laughs> but it's, it, it's, it's not a fun journey. And then people there are like, oh, you know, it's flight, is this? And it's not, it's not as straightforward because a flight, even though it might just be an hour and a half flight from, let's say, Bangalore or from Hyderabad, the hour before you get to, two hours before you get to the airport, the travel to the airport. If you look at door-to-door, -door, so when you leave, let's say, 
Mumbai. And by the time you land in, or even worse, if you're a team from Goa, there is no direct flight from Goa to Ranchi. I think you probably have to go via Mumbai or via somewhere in Gujarat or somewhere we did that. So it's not, by the time you reach there, you're looking at probably sort of well over 12 hours that you've traveled, well over, could be up to 16 to 17 hours. And I remember back in the day when we were at, when I was at Shillong, it was 18 hours door to door to play a Goan team. And you'd get there a day before, but you've traveled for 18 hours and you're, you're sat in a certain position. So it's not easy on players. There's a higher chance that you pick up hamstring injuries and all that because of the way you travel. In an ideal situation, you'll travel a few days earlier and acclimatize, but then in terms of as in just give your body some rest. But because of the way the schedule is, it might be easier this year to do it because it's weekend games format as opposed to much quicker. It depends where your next game is. If your previous game was in Calcutta, take the train, come down, much easier than flying and doing that. But see, this is a double-edged sword, and I realized this when I was at Shillong. It's very difficult for away teams to come to the likes of Shillong or the likes of Jamshedpur now and get points. But, so you can make, you know, it, it, the furnace can be a fortress for you and you get your points over there. But, the same token, you've also got to do away matches. So if you've got to go home and away, home and away, you'd rather go away, away. If you're from Jamshedpur, you know, the Peter Hartleys and everyone else would rather go to Bangalore, play BFC, and then go straight and play Kerala or Chennai. Because that's an easier journey than to go back and then come back a week or two days, two weeks later. So you can, as much as you might pick up points at home, you might start dropping a lot of points away because of that travel. So um, the way the schedule works out can, can impact it um, almost to the level of our coin toss in cricket nowadays dictates who wins. So, um, but in terms of coming back to their personnel, I think having the core at the back is crucial. I think that um, gives them stability at the back. And any team you look to it, AD Booker is going to build from the back. He's going to look at that strong team, um, the defense, Sabia, Hartley, that Ricky, that gives them the stability. I think in terms of losing Lima and adding Wellington Priori, I think um, Wellington was very, very good in his, the last time he was playing in the league. Um, so he could be a huge uh, impact for them in, in the midfield, winning second balls. And in terms of their style of play, I don't think there's going to be significant changes. Um, the other good thing with Boothroyd is I think he's got a good history of bringing young players through. Um, done that um, at a lot of the clubs that he was at in England. And um, I'm surprised he ended up there and not at Odisha because you've got Odisha got that Watford connection. And obviously Boothroyd had the Watford connection. You'd have thought, just like how last year you'd have thought with the Rangers connection, somebody like a Greg Stewart would have ended up at BFC. Um, but they, they will be tough to beat because you've got established players who've played together. You've got um, Chima Chupu, who knows, you know, he did a great job for them last year. You've got another addition to that. Um, I mean, I haven't seen much of Harry Sawyer, but you look at the other players that they've signed in, Jay, like Jay Emanuel Thomas, it gives them more options in attack than they had last year. And I think the other one that's gone under the radar, a lot of people don't haven't spoken about it, is Farouk Chaudhary coming back from injury. That's huge. You've got a national team player who's very, very good, works, works his socks off. So I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, fingers crossed, everything's 100% recovered after the injury. And Farouk, just like having thing, would be another additional, it's like having a new signing almost. Um, and that's, that's probably one of the massive positives for them um, going into the season. So now you've given me a nice segue into Odisha FC. Uh, Joseph Gamba was coming back. 
um you know they've got some good foreign signings i'm very intrigued by the way uh, they've gone and signed amrinder uh, obviously ivan farando does not fancy him we are uh, that much is clear so he, how do you look at that team because i am a lot of people are saying they are the dark horse but i just don't really see it that way um i think they've been the dark horse over the last couple of seasons so thomas like that's their tagline like odisha fc dark horse um maybe it's the kit color as well but um i don't know it's it's a, it's a tough one obviously um i did some work for them over the last um one and a half seasons and i've always maintained this that and even when i was helping them out was that you need three transfer windows sometimes to transform a club like if you've made a lot of bad signings and you've got a very imbalanced squad it's not going to change in one um fail swoop unless you get rid of everyone pay everybody off uh, and and start afresh it's not going to happen because you've got people on longer term contracts so there was a three transfer window rebuild i would say they've had two this is their third transfer window now which they've um, used to finally rebuild so it should on paper be a lot lot better um the, the question mark is when you're rebuilding you're rebuilding because it wasn't strong and you look at was this a lot of the players that you know when gamba was there was signed indian players that you're looking to rebuild so if you bring the same person back are you going to make the same mistakes is a question so you know are you going back because normally you don't go you know you don't go back to ex girlfriends and old football clubs it's just a you know unwritten rule um and so let's let's see because but people do change and you do change your perception sometimes when you you're looking at it from outside maybe even gamba would have looked and said okay that was probably now i know indian football a lot better from two seasons of where we didn't perform very well um and looking at it from as an external consultant he would have seen it and seen that okay there are better players out there and maybe this wasn't the best player and why well, using that example is like benit right they had an opportunity he was only on loan to mumbai they could have recalled him and he was integral in the old gambao plans to the way he played but they chose not to um keep him and they let, let him extend his loan um to mumbai so it does look like there's a change and shift recognition that you got the likes of Isaac and Toyba who are far better players in that position and offer um, a lot more to the way they play and Durant Cup they went through the first opening stages all with clean sheets which clean sheets in Odisha is not something that you'd normally associate so that's um, a definite positive but the, the strange thing is two of the goalkeepers that gave them those clean sheets the likes of Kamal and um, Dylan are no longer with the club so dilan's been replaced by amrinder as you mentioned and and i think they brought a keeper from rajasthan as well so two two keepers in two keepers out after the joint cup so that's a bit you know strange to say the least but you know when the owner when sorry when the um, agents if i saw this tweet somewhere from i'm talking about it when the agent of the coach and the agent of the goalkeeper and the agent of certain players is the same there is going to be this sort of merry go round in indian football I've seen it at some other clubs too um so but that's you know coaches do want certain players that fit their system and they they want the certain types of players so that's not a major factor um i'd have question marks again about their defense just looking at it uh, the last time they were around when carlos delgado was playing for delhi and later odisha probably you wouldn't classify him as one of the top 5 defenders in the league at that time um, has he significantly improved not sure um, 
who is partnering him. Narendra Gelot look as the weak link in the Durand Cup as well as in some of the you know, India games as well. I don't think he's that comfortable on the ball to play out from the back. Um, and he didn't play that many games at uh, Jamshedpur either last season. So, little question marks there in that central defensive um, pairing. And then I think you go further into the midfield, they, they've improved in terms of some of the players they've brought in. You've lost some of the individualistic players that they had last season um, to get more sort of team and a bit more well-balanced players in midfield. Um, so I think they'll, they'll, they'll definitely be tougher to beat by the looks of it, which I think if you're always tough to beat in this league, that's a great start. Um, you don't have to be all free-flowing and great possession and build-up and etc. Because as long as you've got someone up front who can score, you can nick points in this league. And I think that's where um, Diego Maurizio, you know, he doesn't offer much defensively. He doesn't really offer much in the build-up. But what he does do is he just, he'll always nick a goal. So even when they lose 5-1 to Chennai, he scored that one. And at one point it was 1-1. It was level. He had equalised. And if you look at it in, when he played for Mumbai in the uh, Champions League, AFC Champions League, he'd nick a goal here or there. And he, he's... He's a good poacher. He's a good goal poacher. And so why does why is it like Odisha let him go? Then Mumbai got him. Then Mumbai let him go. From what I understand, he was in and around uh, the you know the transfer window last year, but nobody really wanted to take him. Which is so he's, good at scoring. He's expensive. Well, he's expensive. He doesn't, as I said, he doesn't really offer much apart from being a goal poacher. Um, so you could almost say like the the Brazilian version of uh, Ishan Pandita, right? Gets you the goals, but Overall game, not really much else um, in terms of it as a forward. Forward doesn't really offer much, but you know that's that's enough sometimes. If you, as a super sub or whatever, because they have signed another striker. So how Gamba is going to use him? Is he going to be an impact player or is he going to start with him? Uh, remains to be seen. But he does get goals. But you know the reason probably some teams don't didn't look at him is: Do you want somebody who just scores you goals but you lose games? I mean, there's no point. Like I said, he might have played the other day. They lost 5-1. He got a goal. So his stats look good at the end of the season, but the team sometimes loses when such players play. Um, so it's almost like Odafa towards the end of his career where you know, he'd get the goals, but the team didn't perform. Mm. So I think that's probably when you do the analysis of such players when, when clubs do their homework very well nowadays and they look at it and think it's not just about goals, it's about how many points do you get your team when you're playing or how mm. different do we play. So when you dig deeper and scratch the surface a bit more in the analysis, the cost, you shouldn't really equate his cost to gold. It's not like, all right, he's, let's say, $300,000 and he gets us 15 gold, so it's, oh, it's a pretty good return. It's 20000 a gold. It's, you should be looking at 300000 to how many points you get when he plays because that's the real business that you're in. So, whereas the agent will tell you the other side of the story, the goals, the goals to price ratio. And that's why you end up with that same merry-go-round because it's the same agent as I was talking about earlier, of that player. So. Makes sense. Uh, now the last team, I think uh, we have covered everything else. Um, Northeast United FC. I don't really have a lot to ask or say about them, so I'm just going to leave the floor to you. Because I do feel like this team... I, I'm not really a big fan of how that team is run, to be completely honest. And that's not, not no disrespect, huh? because the Highlanders, yeah. the fan group is doing a really excellent job in teaching the Northeast states and some really interesting facts about them and stuff like that, because they've sort of 
have the whole area as one, right? That's the whole point of Northeastern Airtel. So I think um, the what I like about the way that run is they run very frugally and sensibly in terms of finances, um, and I think you've got to give them credit for that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so they get new new foreign players that a lot of people may not have seen in this league, and a lot of times people end up picking up those foreigners and signing. So if they're smart about it, they can make some transfer money off of those players. I think they did make a little bit of money with Dylan Fox. Um, I think last year or two years, one and a half seasons ago, Deshaun Brown was an astute um, pick-up yeah. for them. So they're well in that market. I mean, you look at, oh, Beche came into the league from Northeast. So did uh, like Asimov, Nyan, uh, Gallego. So their foreign player recruitment is exceptional. Almost like other teams are saying like, okay, let's see who they sign and let's see if we can pick them up in December or, or next year. So I think you have to give them credit there. Uh, Indian players too, I mean, you look at, they go after players that a lot of people might ignore. And I like that, you know, they, they give the likes of a VP Suhair a chance and they give them a platform, you know, an Intho is Apuya, etc. So they come through there. Now it's tough because of the finance and the budget that they run on to retain those players. But, you know, they punch above their weight, um, certainly with, with those players. Um, I'm not too sure about the coach, but I think the coach obviously knows the technical director. So there's a little bit more synergy in that. So there is a longer term planning. You know, they're, they're grinding out results. They beat um, Mirokas and Trows and recently in some, some matches. And, the, you know, those are tough. The I-League teams now by no means pushover. So they seem a little bit better prepared this year going into the league than, than that. So even though they didn't play the Durant Cup and they played it with the kids, um, the first team actually looks a bit structured. They've been playing together. No superstars, but I think sometimes those are the teams that you can't sort of discount. Uh, Whilst I say that, I don't think they'll make the top six. Um, but if they can get momentum, which would be great, because then you start seeing crowds coming back to the stadium in Guwahati, then that always becomes a very, very tough place to go and get results. So that's where you know, you'd like to see every team do well. You don't want to see teams which are significantly weaker than the other teams over there but, uh, to cause an imbalance in the league. But you, you want to see games and I think you know we've seen an ISL team which spent big compared to some of the I League teams with significant so by the same token not not so marquee Indian players I still think they'll they'll, they'll be able to compete. Yeah, when I said the way they run, I didn't mean the recruitment. I just meant few decisions and uh, generally how they run in the background. I'm not a big fan of that. But uh, Gallego is going to be a big loss. Uh, I thought he was one of the best players that we've seen in the league. Uh, unfortunate with the really, really bad injury that he's had. Uh, I wish him all the best. I, I really did wish that he had another chance uh, to play here, but not to be. So um, he's playing actively. Um, so I think maybe somebody in the January window, when the when the panic kicks in in the January transfer window, you know, he'd probably be top on the shopping list of a lot of teams. Let's so. uh, let's hope so because the panic is going to kick in regardless. So let's hope that uh, yeah. There's no relegation, but panic will still kick in. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, 
So um, let's see. So now we have done all the themes. So I'm going to ask you a few other things. We can both give our uh, opinions on that. So I want you to tell me one player that you are looking forward to play, watching play. Indian or foreign? Whichever. Okay. And I throw one complete curveball right out of uh, left field is Ayush Chetri. Ah, interesting. FC of, FC Goa, of FC Goa, yes. Yeah. You've Six seen days. him already, is it? Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've seen him a couple of times, yeah. I mean, that's that's the deal. Like, fortunate about being in Goa, you get to see a lot more football. I mean, there's a lot of football already and we're only in, you know, October's just started and the league hasn't even started, but there's so much um, teams are coming here for pre-season and teams are playing matches. I think he's, he's exciting to watch. I like players like that and young Indian talent coming through. Um, I won't hype him up too much because I've got a bad track record with this. Um, I think a few years ago I said something, you know, I expected um, one of the other young players coming through at FC Goa to do really well. And but you got Apuya, right? So Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, you get them right more often than you get them wrong. But sometimes I think it puts pressure on the kids because obviously nowadays social media, someone says this and then someone else will pick it up and then mention it again on, um, on TV. And then... Players sometimes read into it and start to believe their own hype. It's like, look, you've got potential, but you've got to still do it on the field. And it's not, um, you know, we had that with the Nemils last season. We've had mm -hmm. it with uh, uh, a couple of other boys at, uh, at a lot of these clubs. So he's definitely one of the midfielders that I'm look, looking forward to. I think, um, I'm hoping Shivasaki gets more games at BFC. Uh, he is going to be my, uh, my pick. pick. And I think defensively, Looking forward to seeing Anwar having a full season in the ISL because I think just looking at it from, oh, I always try and look at it from the bigger perspective, which is Indian football or an Indian national team. You need centre backs, so you need somebody coming through. And if he can have a good season, that's a huge uh, positive um, in midfield. Um, I think Toiba is one of those who's probably knocking on the national team door um, without making too much noise. He offers you that kind of Suresh um, qualities in midfield for a, which teams need in this league so he's another one so those would be the sort of three or four players young players that i'd be looking out for for me it is uh Shiv Shakti, just because uh, i recently did an interview with him and he said he knows that he has 10 minutes and uh, it's a 10 minutes that he's got to shine in and that's how he did it in the run cup uh, he did that in the afc cup uh, few, couple last year i guess and uh, he's very uh, conscious of what he can achieve because he's a very slight guy. He's not a physically imposing player. So it's going to be interesting to see how they use him. He seems to have a good relationship with the front line. I want to see if they can do it uh, properly. And Prince Abar is also there. So you really don't know how much time he's going to get. But let's see how that goes. Uh, the other one is uh, who is a player that you have who you think has a lot to prove this year. And I'll say this with the caveat that I, I personally look at Sandej Zingen. Again, he's come for a big contract. Didn't have the greatest of season last year. Not the greatest of performance of the national team also this year. Uh, Asia Cup is coming. I don't know. Hopefully in, in June, January, June next year, something. Hopefully that's when it comes. Um, so I think he's got to have a big season this year. Probably. I mean, um... I'm not going to dwell too much on it because uh, I think uh, enough has been said by people about um, his performances for club and national team. But he's coming back from injury, 
Yeah, so he has to do it this week. He's picked up silverware. I think the only place he's ever picked up silverware is at BFC. Hmm. Um, so I think somehow BFC gets the best out of him, and well, he performs best at that stage um, because maybe he doesn't get the limelight that he gets somewhere else. You know, the other clubs there is like, oh, he's the marquee Indian player of that club, and here he isn't. He's probably not even through know, um, amongst the Indian players. So there may be that lack of limelight probably makes him focus a bit more on his game. Um, but speaking of players who exactly in the same kind of ilk, I think Amrinder is one that has a lot to prove because you've gone from being the most expensive Indian signing in terms of long-term contract, big big money move, etc. And it just didn't work for him there. And now you move to a club where as a goalkeeper, you're going to get a lot of action, which is not necessarily a good thing, but sometimes the way the ISL stats are, good for you because you'll suddenly come up with like oh the most saves and you'll be top of the team you know just like the goal scorers and the assists are top of the charts you like the most saves um you'll be up there because you will get a lot of those opportunities but as a duran cup showed odisha can keep clean sheets uh, and so if he's if he can get those um, those clean sheets and starts putting in the performances i think he can go on to show people why he's still regarded as top two goalkeepers in india football so i think there's a lot for him to prove um in that position and i think if you look at the national team performance recently there's a lot of positions open um, for you know players to sort of stake a claim so you know whether it's like a, a ritvik das can you can you cement yourself now as an established isl player can farooks come back in can Rollins come back in and start saying listen i'm you guys might have forgotten about me because i was injured but i'm a national team starter um you know can ritvik knock on the door and say listen maybe Udanta's time is, is up um, I can bring more to the table in terms of going forward, but they've also got to give defensively the kind of stability that the Udantas and Ashiks have always given um, to the national team when you better quality opposition. So there's, there's, there's spots up for grab um, because national team games are there and, you know, there are certain players who are on their way on the decline, some are getting slightly older. So there's a lot of opportunities and doors opening. Yeah. Give me one uh, crazy prediction which is unlikely to be true, but there is an outside chance that it can be true. Don't say top six, because you, like you mentioned, <laughs> statistically, that's an easy prediction nowadays. Um, all right, well, crazy prediction. A coach will get sacked before Christmas. Wow. <laughs> not gonna happen. You said something that's not likely to happen, so there you yeah. go. And, uh, is I this is nothing to do with any of the players. It's something that I was thinking about earlier. Uh, the way maybe I'm in my own bubble here, but I I just don't think there is enough hype about ISL this season. And I thought uh, I didn't think there was enough last year, but it built as the season went. The year before there was a lot of hype, uh, but it looks like this year there should be more considering people are coming back to the stadium. It's going to be home and away. Everything is going back to normal. We're looking at uh, a longer season overall, etc, etc. It's going to be a lot of changes. But it just, I don't know, it just doesn't feel like uh, there is a lot of hype. Maybe it's there in the pockets, where, like in Kerala and stuff like that, but overall, I don't see it that much. You don't have to agree or disagree. I'm just making a statement. No, it's a fair and valid point. Like I was driving into work today and I heard um, on the radio, I heard an FC Go advert for games being back. And I thought, that's a bit strange because I actually don't have games from the mm. next month, uh, home games, but they're trying to build up um, the hype, so, which is good. Like, clubs are doing it. 
Um, mm. and, but the funny thing is, as I was listening to that ad, as I was driving up the highway, I could see posters on the side of the highway, which caught my eye, and therefore the Under-17 Women's World Cup. So I think mm. in Goa, because the Under-17 Women's World Cup is happening, there's a bit of advertising for that, and there's a bit of focus on that. And even from an AFF um, point of view, because it's a marquee event, there is a little bit of even media coverage, um, whether it's local newspapers, um, and the Indian women's team performance, because the women's team now getting the chance to do what the boys did, which is play in a top flight tournament because we're hosting it. So there is a little bit of shift of focus, maybe on eyeballs, media coverage, etc. on that. Then obviously the big thing is you've got the ISL happening in the same year as the World Cup, which is happening in the winter. So you are going to start looking as a football fan, you're consuming a lot of Premier Leagues that started, you're consuming that, you're consuming obviously the build-ups to, to the World Cups happening as well. So maybe um, conscious focus of not to, I don't know, overkill it. Uh, but I think... It makes I, sense. It does make it sense. Could, because as I, I, yeah, it's one of those things, it's almost like it's a slow-moving thing that gathers momentum. Like no one, like no one really... I think the last couple of years, because the bubble and there was not enough support, you looked forward to the start of it. Whereas now, I think Duran Cup was exciting. I actually enjoyed watching the Duran Cup. You had, um, you know, football to watch. You had, um, you know, some AFC Cups. But I think sometimes even in the mind of people, AFC Cup disappointment of ATK Mondaga, then disappointment of the national team's performance against um, Vietnam. You can sometimes cause that sort of, now, nah, you know, negativity around it but as a first game look as soon as Kerala plays against uh, East Bengal big fans in the crowd you're gonna start you know you whets your appetite for good football and then you have a couple of good games like at the start of the season last year you had that where you had some five goal thrillers and mm. um, you had some real uh, uh, really really good games at the start of the season and once that happens you start getting into the momentum and then you start seeing a little bit more of each team um, and I think that's that's gonna be exciting and I'm looking forward to like fans at the, at the stadium it's like to see like, people at Kantiriba, to see people at, uh, you know, the Kolkata game, I think. And they're not doing the derby very early. They're leaving it for, I think, till the 29th or something. So yeah. that's going to be good. There's a little bit of change in the way the formats are. Um, so it should be, it should be an exciting scene. It's almost in a way it's better that it's, it starts gradually and then ends with a bang rather than starts with a bang and then peters out. So. Absolutely. And I do agree with the thing because as a journalist, right? I, there were so many big ticket events this year yep. and last year with the Olympics and now uh, there could have been a nation games also which is cancelled. So even we are just getting burned out and there's going to be a cricket World Cup now, the football World Cup after all the Grand Slams and all the things, Federer retired, blah, blah, blah. Like I didn't, we didn't do many shows for a while because uh, Duran Cup, because I was traveling, I was in Guwahati, I was in uh, Imphal and stuff like that. And there was also other people uh, who could, didn't have enough time to watch enough games so that we could have like a proper show. Because I think there is just too much sport in general now. It's And especially for somebody, if you are interested in multiple sports, it's going to be really difficult to keep the same level of motivation. You're going to switch off at some point. And, don't, and another thing like which we've forgotten and the good thing we've forgotten in a way is two months ago, we were banned from football. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. You think, you think about also there's been all that chatter with all what's going on on whether social media this that and the other you know at that point you know would foreign players be playing in the isl etc and then there's a lot of change up so in a way it's good that we've all forgotten about that and then just getting on with 
with normal um, with normalcy rather than you know having that hang the, the hangover from that as I'd say um, or maybe it is there's a still a bit of a delayed hangover because of what's happening there and with um, uncertainty with AFF nobody knows like we've got a schedule out for the ISL uh, which we don't have a schedule for the I League yet um, there's no clarity on when the second division will start so a lot of there's a lot of uh, uncertainty still in Indian football so that could also be one of the reasons why um, but those have always been, been there, you know, the second division and the I League, not knowing when they're starting and all of that. Yeah, but there's changes now. Your ex expectations are different. Before you would say, you know, that was the norm and you expected. Now there is expectation that things will be um, different. They're putting in new rules, like no foreign players and this, that. So there's, it's in a state of flux, I would say. Yeah, yeah let's hope, uh, like you said, I last year also built slowly. So uh, let's hope. I think a lot of it has to do with how good Kerala was doing as well. So, uh, <laughs> let's hope uh, this year also it builds slowly and uh, it leads a crescendo at the end because I do think it would be great if he had a great end of the season and then Absolutely. went on to the Asian Cup, provided I still don't know if it's happening next year because uh, we don't know who's the host and all that stuff. So, I hope you build on to that and then go straight to the Asian Cup. A lot of uh, excitement and that could be a great uh, end to the season, let's say. Yeah, let's hope so. I mean, as I said, so how you start, it's how you finish. So. Yeah. So, uh, thanks a lot, Brad. Uh, this is uh, our quick fire sort of preview. <laughs> uh, and uh, we'll do more shows and more in-depth analysis. And the Brad and I will be back with our usual show. Uh, both of us have been quite busy with different things. We have not been able to make it work. But we'll get around to it. And it has to be an early morning thing also. So, the coffee has to kick in. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Look forward to my like. We'll we'll do it somewhere. Maybe a mid-season review just before the uh, around the Christmas break. Let's see if any predictions are right by then. Absolutely. Okay. Cool, Sandeep. Yeah.